there are two options for today's show. We can talk about Space Force, secret recordings in the West Wing, uh, reckless tweets from Elon Musk, and like the midterm elections, or we can make an exception and we can only talk about happy things this week. Let's go with number two. Okay. So that's going to be travel, some major life events, uh, maybe a new family member and such. So yeah, let, let's, let's do that. Well, can we jump right into, by far and away, the most important news since we last spoke? Uh, I don't know what that is. So there's been a lot. Let's see. You got to meet Sporty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that that was really wonderful. It, it does feel like it was about 18 months ago. <laughs> for, for, for actually multiple reasons this time and not just the political cycle. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a very good guy. So on my trip to Chicago, which maybe we'll get to a little later, um, yeah, I, I uh, reached out on Instagram. I was like, because I, I, my hotel and, and where I was doing stuff and exploring was in the same neighborhood that I know he usually like uh, does his usual walks. I mean, in case people don't know, Sporty is a uh, self-walking, uh, is elderly wrong? He, I mean, he's, he's, he's an older, he's a mature dog. He's turning 11, he's turning 11 in, next month. Like, yeah, or like the, later this month, I think, actually. Yeah. Oh, God, it's August already. Um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's a bit of a mature dog, but he's also amazing and awesome. And yeah, he, he, he carries his own leash in his mouth. He's, he's, he's just, he's the absolute best. So yeah, I, I, uh, messaged his human on Instagram said, Hey, I'm in the area. Are you guys taking any more walks today? And he said, sure. He was, uh, going to the UPS store. So I got to meet, I got to meet Sporty. <laughs> it, 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 it seems like that probably happens maybe not every day, but probably with some regularity. So wait, did I, hmm, let me see, did I send you the, hold on, you can edit this out in post. Um, I am, okay, Slack, okay, so I sent you a thing. So yeah, like, uh, as I was uh, meeting the dog, like, two other people walked up, knew exactly who he was, especially, like, in some, uh, some girl who got sporty like featured on the golden or something or it's not on that on the golden although that is a website somebody should start uh the dodo oh yeah uh-huh yeah came by and met him so i think that is uh picture five yeah so Got he's it. he's such a sweet dog i that that dodo video actually might be where i first heard about him yeah he's a good guy yeah, he's really good. It was very warm that day. The entire time in Chicago, it was humid and very gross. But yeah, he he's 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 very good. So he doesn't he didn't take a very long walk that day. But right, right, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, the the pictures that you took are fantastic, and you you actually got two shout outs from his human for them. Well, well deserved. I did. He was very nice about it. And yeah, apparently Sporty's very well trained because he asked, "Hey, do you want an action shot of him?" And he basically just like walks him back. <laughs> like like ten uh ten steps and just has him come and uh, to walk right to you and he he's very good. Oh, sporty. Uh, really good. Yeah. All right. Um. Oh, and before we get into other news, there's one bit of maybe not happy follow up, but something that I do want to cover. Okay. Um, the East Cut. Mm. So two things mm-hmm. happened with this while we were while we were away. Uh. So first, let me send you a link. Uh. The East Cut has an Instagram. Oh, ugh. it is literally, literally ruining it, everything. <laughs> is exactly what you'd think it is. Oh, I, I, I do. So apparently, there's some art showing of. I might, uh, I might need. I might need another three weeks off. Apparently, there's some art show that happened at some 
place in the east in, in Rincon Hill. I'm not fucking calling it what, what they want to call it. Uh, of paint of life size or not life size uh, oversized paintings of Lacroix. And apparently, there's some dancing guy with um, a giant's fanny pack and a backwards hat that's excited about it. If I if I could buy Lacroix in that size, I actually might be kind of interested in that. Uh, oh, you you want some like uh, <laughs> you want some like rock star like uh, Red Bull twenty ounce versions of Lacroix? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Do the are they are they caffeinated? They are not. Ooh, look, caffeinated Lacroix. Ooh. Actually, th- that brings up something something different. But we will get back to the East Cut. Uh, have you tried any of those um, either bottled or canned cold brews? Like Starbucks has them, Pete's has them, Blue Barn, not Blue Barn, I wish. Blue Bottle now has a little miniature eight ounce can things. So the the local market here doesn't have cans of Blue Bottle, but they actually, they come in little cartons. Like, like a elementary like, school milk carton? Yes, exactly. Exactly hmm. that. And it's their New Orleans uh, iced coffee. Does it come with a rubber banded molasses cookie? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, but it is absolutely delicious. Little, you know, it's it, it's it's got like a four bucks though. It, it's about yeah, it's expensive, and there's a little bit more sugar than is mm. probably what you're really looking for. But yeah. it's very tasty. Yeah. I'm completely fine with dying from like aspartame and stevia and all the other stuff. But yeah, I can't I can't do the 18 grams of sugar in. That, I think everything. that's a, that's about what it is. Oh, um, and then of course you have to look at the facts, and it says actually servings per like eight ounce can is actually like three. So you, have to... <laughs> you know that's how they get you. Uh, but no, I actually I'm yeah I, I've had probably just about every one of those canned or bottled cold brews. I, I I like trying different types. Do you have any that you would say are less gross than others? Because I think I tried the Starbucks double shot one or something like that. And it was it was very very gross. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those. I actually generally like just the regular cold brew, like with no creamer or sweetener. Mm-hmm. And like your know, Pete's does one that's fine that comes in a bottle. Um, I'm trying to. There's another brand that I've had that's pretty good too. It, it, it's I think it's like a Hawaiian name or something. Um, I don't know. N- none that like particularly stand out. Um, one that's particularly disappointing though. And this this kind of pains me to say, as a huge Dunkin' Donuts fan, mm-hmm. they they recently came out with a line of it's not cold brew, but it's like iced coffee products. And there's you know regular and vanilla and all the you know, mocha, all the flavors that you you know expect with that kind of stuff. And they're just really really bad, mm-hmm. really bad. I, I and I, I of course you know did my due diligence and tried all the flavors. And the, the biggest problem is there's something like per bottle, there's something like 30 or 40 grams of sugar. Like it's, it's outrageous. It makes the blue bottle stuff look healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you just, after you drink one, you're just, you just feel bad about yourself. <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome my world. <laughs> um, with a, Oh, that's, that's like that's like me watching movies or TV. You got to research why why you're supposed to hate yourself afterward. <laughs> um, am I wrong or being judgy for like Dunkin' Donuts does not have like brand cachet. Like I, I don't I don't see them as being like a coffee brand or a desirable brand. So it's a very it's a very uh, West Coast liberal elite view <laughs> that you have. Why? Well, oh, because, it, I'm sorry. What, what what are you? 
Uh, well, no, they're 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 big on the East Coast. That's mm. that's what I'm trying to say. And they, you know, are slowly expanding out west, but are still predominantly a kind of an East Coast brand. Well, actually, to their credit, or in their defense, I may accidentally be um, conflating them with uh, with Krispy Kreme. Hmm. Okay. So that might be part of it. Because is, is Dunkin' Donuts good donuts, or is uh, are they the ones that are gross donuts? I so even though I am a huge Dunkin' Donuts fan and, and a, a shareholder actually as well. Um, oh, it's a conflict of interest. This is, it this is. is uh-huh. This is astroturfing. I'm, I'm I'm pulling an Elon Musk. I'm propping up the stock. Oh, <laughs> this is supposed to be a happy episode. You uh. yeah, sorry. Um, no, but their their food is mediocre at best the the hot food like the the breakfast sandwiches and things are just not good at all the donuts are you know i unremarkable it, it's it's the coffee you want though the coffee's excellent hmm okay all right uh, sorry going back to the east cut real quick um I, i'm just really proud of myself because i was six months ahead of a story that the failing new york times finally brought attention to so i, I just wanted to take a victory lap on this yeah, you did. I, I and I feel like as soon as you mentioned it, I started seeing those stupid banners that they have out there now. Well, because you're just pulling up directions to go to work, and and Google Maps is telling you a whole new neighborhood exists, and that seems like uh, maybe power somebody shouldn't have. Maybe oh, maybe maybe these tech platforms have too much power. Um, but yeah, apparently Jack uh, Nikas from uh, from the New York Times uh, blew the story wide open. It was even one of the stories that they sent on a push notification for, so I was very, very vindicated at that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on with it. So uh, this has been a huge month for you. Yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. as, so as you phrased it, um, ask you anything, because you are now an expert on uh, <laughs> on wedded bliss, uh, puppies, and uh, Italia. So yeah, uh, mm, very nice pronunciation. Oh very yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Very I can nice. also I can also uh, say burnt pizza. <laughs> anyway all right so uh what, what do you want to cover first i mean you, you tell me fire fire away this is a this is an ama that's uh, that, that's that's still a thing right it is but i don't think you're somebody who goes on reddit so that felt good to hear. <laughs> i'm hol- i'm holding up a piece of paper that says that that's what i'm supposed to do right yes how wow that's how the hell how do you know that i you know i'm just i'm just i'm you go dialed on the internet in. sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you talk to a teen okay <laughs> um so uh you apparently as some have said have earned uh the mister in uh mr mm-hmm. fretwell mm-hmm. yes so, so what, what happened uh yeah i got married hey um, no clapping yeah. on the microphone but hey and you were you were gracious enough to be one of my groomsmen, which was mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would you know not to to my own horn, but I, I would say it was a very successful event. That seemed like the feedback was was good. Uh, you know we were we were very happy with how it went. The the uh, I guess what what is she now the the very special lady friend. Um, the Mrs. Special Lady Friend. No, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to she, workshop that. Yeah. No, we'll we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, um, no, it was it was a really good event. You're a wedding planner or director, or whoever was super super on it. Um, and yeah, the uh, food was great. Event was great. Not under your control, but it also wasn't too hot. Like it it was it was a very nice event all around. So congrats. There, you know, it's something you 
become a little bit more aware of with an event like that is there are just so many different things that are completely and utterly out of your control. The weather being a good example of that. Um, you know, we had been at that venue a little less than a year ago during that crazy heat wave where it was something, it was something like 105 degrees during the day. And even we, we, we actually had gone there for dinner. It's probably like 80 um, degrees at night. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was like even more than that. It was crazy. And we're thinking like, oh man, if it's like this on the wedding day, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough. And there's just, there's so many other things like that, which are just, you know, you have no control over mm-hmm. and, you know. I was even thinking about just, I mean, I think you and I can both relate to this. We're like, you know, just sometimes you wake up days, some days and it's like you got some random ache or you're just, you know, you're just not feeling quite right. <laughs> you know, being 30. Uh, yeah, yeah, I totally Uh-huh, uh-huh. And like, you know, there was none of that. So um, very, very grateful for that. Um, yeah, it was a a really, really great day. Still, still kind of surreal, like mm-hmm. having having literally every kind of one of your kind of you know you know how you, you have groups of people right you have coworkers, you have family then you have like different groups of friends and actually you even have kind of different sets of family like really close family maybe distant relatives it's just it's it, it was crazy having all of those people in one place and like seeing people from those different groups meet and inter- interact with each other for the first time like that was that was kind of the most surreal part yeah it was great so yeah um pretty pretty great good how's married life so far married life is good uh married life Sorry. has been that's not anything that could have an answer other than the one you gave <laughs> it has been very busy um yeah you know, we we went straight uh i mean not not to to jump into the other topics here but we yeah, we went went straight on to the honeymoon in italy we we left about 36 hours after the event was over um and then the day we got back from there we picked up a puppy so <laughs> it's been been quite quite the eventful uh about two and a half weeks since the wedding now okay so let's take things in order so how'd you guys decide on italy so well so the very special lady friend um she uh, her family is italian so she had been on a trip when she was like 12. They had done kind of a, a bus tour of various parts of the country. But, you know, that was some time ago now. So um, she really wanted to go back. And I had never been. So that was great with me. And the specific part of Italy that we went to, the Amalfi Coast, whenever you look at top 10 honeymoon destinations, it almost always shows up in those lists. So... You know, that was kind of just the per- perfect cross section of we kind of knew the general area we wanted to go to and then the specific cities that we wanted to visit, you know, seemed like they were perfect honeymoon destinations. Um, and they were. The The Amalfi Coast is a really awesome place. So how far out do you have to plan something like that? Or well, I'm sure you could do it next next day, but that's probably unwise. But it, well, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually kind of a good question because... You know, we're we're very much planners, her and I, and uh, the European trip that we had gone on uh, about two years ago was very, very planned, like just about every day was planned. But because of all the wedding prep, there just wasn't nearly as much time for the planning the actual trip itself. So we actually didn't do a ton of planning ahead of time. 
Um, and the planning that we did was relatively last minute. I mean, we had booked, you know, like our flights pretty far in advance because you really, you really have to do that. Um, and then, you know, the hotels, we had booked a couple of months in advance, which was kind of cutting it close since it was the peak of, of tourism season, but, but we were still able to find some really great hotels. Um, and then it actually kind of ended up being sort of a blessing in disguise that we didn't really plan much else because with food, for example, we basically just asked our hotel front desks for recommendations and they came through in a huge way and had, we ended up having a ton of great food that I'm not sure we would have found if we just, you know, tried to plan ahead on TripAdvisor or something. Um, and then same goes for like all the tours and, um, like visits that we did, you know, we went everywhere from like the Coliseum to the Vatican to Capri and like all that stuff, you know, my instinct is to always plan that stuff way ahead of time. But by kind of waiting to do it until we got there, we were able to kind of ask around and get some advice about the best way to you know do things, the best tour groups to go with and everything. And that also ended up kind of working out for the best. Uh, is is Uber in Italy? So Italy has a, apparently, I didn't really take the time to look into this in a ton of detail, but apparently Italy has a very, very fraught relationship with Uber. Um, it was not available at all in, on the coast, on the Amalfi coast. It was available in Rome and we used it once to go from the train station to our hotel. But after we had gotten to our hotel and we were walking around, there was a taxi line kind of just outside the hotel and there was a sign on that taxi line and it, it didn't look like a, an, a, a very official sign. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not particularly sure if it was true or not, but it, it was describing how there was that Uber's illegal in the country and how there's some, I don't know, 600 euro fine or something. Hmm. Um, but again, the, the, the sign didn't look official and it didn't clarify whether that fine was to the driver or to the passenger or kind of what the deal was there. Um, but in any case, we, we only took Uber once, um, and the rest of the time we stuck to trains, uh, private cars, and ferries. Yeah, I've heard that Europe is well known for for efficient and well running trains. Yeah, well, and also the like the you know the private cars that we had, we we did that um, on a couple of occasions, and they're they're actually very reasonably priced, like comparable to like an Uber X here. Hmm. So, yeah, and the drivers were very nice and actually ended up, you know, that was another thing that worked out really well was the first driver that we had, like the very first day we got there, he was incredibly friendly and, you know, was asking us what we were doing and kind of giving us some various uh, tips and advice. So, so that was great. Awesome. <clears throat> I saw that you baked a, a, a non-circular pizza. Yeah, that that was um that Person was one a of the good burn on that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh that was one of the few things we planned ahead of time was we we did a cooking class in in the hotel that we were staying at. And that was a lot of fun. Uh we made gnocchi, we made uh eggplant parmesan, which is something that I didn't know I liked. I generally mm. am not like a huge fan of eggplant, but prepared this way it was was quite good. Um, and then we made, yeah, the, the pizza that you mentioned and then some kind of like almond chocolate cake. 
And that was that was so so. The dessert was actually kind of the weak link, but everything else was was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess to you know put a little bit of a tech spin on this, um, my my chef's corner from our last episode nearly a month ago alluded to the fact that this was going to be the first international trip I took where I tried the whole foreign SIM card thing in my iPhone. You know, previously I've just done like the AT&T passport program or whatever it used to be called, um, where at least a couple of years ago when I did it, it was like you paid, I think it was like 50 bucks and you got a gig of data, um, some texts and like, I don't know, a hundred minutes of, of phone calls or something. Mm-hmm. And now they have a couple of different options where I think where it's like you can pay one of the options is like 10 bucks a month and you have access to your existing plan abroad. Per day. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I had kind of wanted to try the, the foreign SIM card thing anyway. And, you know, I, I really didn't want to end up spending like a hundred bucks or something on AT&T. And so we um, took Jason Snell's advice, which was perfectly timed um, to buy these um, prepaid SIM cards from three, which is a, a UK carrier um, and it turns out that I guess Europe has some fairly strict regulations around requiring carriers to allow for free roaming when you're traveling throughout Europe. So even though it was a UK based carrier, there was no roaming charges or any problem using the SIM card in Italy the entire time. Uh, and that, and that worked out great. It was, they were 30 bucks each. They came with 12 gigabytes of data. Um, and then a ton of text messages and, and talk time within Europe. So not, not international. Um, but they, you know, they activated right away. There was no like pre-registration or anything required. We just popped in the SIM card when we landed, turned on our phones and they just, they activated right away. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing I didn't realize was that roaming on them only included 3g, not any sort of 4g or LTE. So we were on 3G the whole time, which, you know, we weren't really weren't on our phones a ton. So, you know, that was fine. Um, but it was super reliable. Coverage was pretty good. Um, you know, really, really no complaints with the service itself. Um, so, the, the, you know, the biggest problem, as predicted, was iMessage. You know, I, I had read going into the trip that iMessage is a bit of a disaster when you use different SIM cards. And that was totally the case like the the setup process works exactly like you think it would it recognizes that you have a new phone number it activates that new phone number as part of your iMessage account um but it just it just doesn't work after that initial setup like you know like even i i even tried messaging the very special lady friend as soon as it activated and like it would the messages wouldn't even send to her without me starting a new thread using her email address, not her phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if it, I, I don't know what the issue was with trying to use people's phone numbers. It, like if, if, if the phone, it, like well, it's, us, it's because her phone number is not active anymore. Like it, because the way I understand is that iMessage looks for, it's the same reason of like why you'll get green bubbles versus blue bubbles is that if the US phone number hasn't pinged iMessage in like the past 20 minutes, it thinks it's offline. So therefore it won't go through. And since you didn't have international roaming, you can't contact US number. Right. Yeah. But then like, like certain existing threads would work. Like we had a, a group 
thread with her family and that continued to work just fine um but then like if i would try to message her dad individually i i had a bunch of trouble doing that it just it it was a i mean iMessage is already kind of a, a mess and it was a just a complete and utter mess when using an international um sim card so a follow-up question to that so so they were thirty dollars each right yes I mean, so how long were you gone for? We were gone for twelve days. Yeah, I can see that's maybe why that's enticing. But what was 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 the having? I mean, just if you're comparing it to AT and T's ten dollar a day thing, where you would have had four G roaming on it, I'm thinking was was part of it the fact that you actually found it liberating to not have your US number? Was that any motivation, or was it just it was just the cost savings? No, not that I feel that I needed to be liberated, but I just I just knew I wasn't going to have to stay in touch with a, a ton of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 handful of people that we did want to stay in touch with, we warned that we would probably have a little bit of issue initially. Mm-hmm. Um, that we that we worked through. Like if I if I knew I was going to be contacting a bunch of different people and was going to be on my phone a bunch, then I would probably like if I were going over there for work, right? Like I would much more strongly consider just going with AT&T's plan. Um, and the other thing of it too is, you know, I, I did mention that only having 3G was a bummer and, and maybe I would have had LTE if I went with AT&T's option, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure that LTE would have been available um, on the coast because they were relatively small cities that we went to. Certainly in Rome, we would have had it, but for you know the other two thirds of the trip where we were outside of a major city, I don't know if we would have had 4G anyway. Hmm. So I mean, you know, I I, I knew that we weren't going to be on our phones very much. I I just sort of you know wanted the the connectivity mostly for like Google Maps and things like that, and to not have to worry about sipping on data like I have in the past. Um, and so you know something like the three's SIM card ended up being uh, just fine. What was the Wi-Fi hotel situation? It was great. That was that was nice too. All, all of our hotels had really good Wi-Fi, and that so that that helped a lot with the kind of you know lack of a lack of a fast cellular connection. But again, I mean, we just we just weren't on our phones very much, so it just it wasn't really a big deal. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's it, kind of the the weird thing, and I you know I've experienced this before too. Is you know, when you're in, especially the part of Europe that we were in, which was nine hours ahead of West Coast time, you know, when when we're awake during the day, like there's nothing happening <laughs> because it's the middle of the night at home. So there's, you know, Twitter's not really being refreshed at all. Like there's not much news happening and like everything kind of happens over like you, I wake up and there's just, you know, a shit ton of notifications and stuff because that's the stuff that I would normally be getting during the day over here. Well, yeah, because you're living in the future. But also, you made an observation about uh, about the daily. Oh, yeah. The, where, where, where it's an early afternoon event over there. Yeah, it, it came out a little afternoon uh, over there, which was which was very strange, like getting that notification in the middle of the day. Here's what else you need to know today. It's 1 o'clock, Mike. What are you doing? Right, exactly. Um, it's actually, so it's kind of interesting. I, I I had literally no time to listen to podcasts when I was over there. So I had like 10 episodes of The Daily queued up right when I got home. That's kind of nice, being able just to kind of binge on it. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like a bingeable show, or it seems like there's a really short half-life, or or it ages fast. 
it kind of does, but it just it just happened to be where these last couple of weeks they didn't it they didn't have any of those episodes that was like you know some big breaking news article in the New York Times that they then recap the next day. Like there wasn't there wasn't any of that. Well, they they they, they missed out on the East Cut scoop, but <laughs> right. Um, so to keep it uh, keep it T word related. Um, other questions about the phone usage, or this is more of a vaca- not necessarily a, a Europe thing. But do you alter or change the way you have notifications set up on the phone to avoid being distracted uh, while you're on vacation? So there, there have been trips where I've done that. Um, where I'll, you know, I'll utilize Do Not Disturb a bit more. Um, which I, I did do that on this trip. I would generally turn on Do Not Disturb like during dinner and stuff. Um, but there really wasn't a need to do any more configuration with notifications beyond that. Going back to what I said a couple minutes ago, which is I I wasn't getting any notifications during the day anyway, because there wasn't anything happening. Um, did you turn off work email? I I not only did I turn it off, I actually like I logged out of my work email. I logged out of my work Slack. I I yeah, logged out of all that stuff. Good for you. Um, any other? Uh, did you take your waterproof camera with you? I did. Um, yeah, I did not end up using that a ton. Um, um, and I guess, I mean, sticking on the uh, photo topic, this was, you know, my second big European trip where I just had an iPhone as my, you know, one and only camera out, outside of the waterproof camera. And, you know, that was great. You know, the, the iPhone camera continues to be really, really good. I mean, I'm definitely reminded that it's no fancy camera whenever i see pictures from yours but um you know it's the it's the phone you have with you it makes sharing photos super easy it's super fast it works pretty well in just about all conditions including like low light conditions yeah i mean with with the iphone 10 it's 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 getting pretty damn good and but yeah you're totally right where one there's no extra thing to carry with you uh, geotagging photos in a place where if you wanted to know, hey, where did that happen? I mean, you're you're not going to remember anything about where you were in Europe before. So it's really nice for that to be the case. And yeah, the immediacy of sharing is really, really cool. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that you're not a huge fan, but um, I have to say that portrait mode has gotten mm. really good. We we took a couple of I'll, I'll share these with you later. We took a couple of portrait photos that I was I was pretty happy with. Mm hmm. <laughs> It's gotten better. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, what's what's your? Um, did you got? Did you have a backup battery or any type of situation uh, situation for that? I didn't. Um, hmm, that was a lot of trust in the iPhone ten. Yeah, I mean, this was the first time with the iPhone ten though where I really was pushing the battery to its limit. Um, like, but we had a pretty good routine where, you know, we'd be out you know, all morning and afternoon. And we would usually stop by at the hotel, you know, to kind of get ready for dinner, like in the late afternoon or early evening. And so I would be able to come back and charge my phone for a bit. Uh, But without that little break, the phone definitely wouldn't have made it through the whole day each day. I think mostly because, well, actually, I was going to say it was mostly because of the photos. But I think another big factor too, especially when we were in some of the smaller cities down south is I think the, the phone was kind of struggling to keep a cellular connection at times so i I think that that burns battery pretty quick Mm -hmm. um the also the um the iphone runs hot in hot weather yeah Um, did you ever ever get the thermometer thing 
I didn't get the thermometer thing. I've gotten that in the past. I didn't get it on this trip, but I did get another message that I hadn't seen before where when I'd be taking photos, and this was like in the middle of the day, so it wasn't a problem, but there'd be a little exclamation warning in the corner. And when you'd click on it, it would say that the flash was unavailable until the phone cooled down, which again, middle of the day, so I didn't really care, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh, I had never seen that before. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, it was very, very warm. Very, very warm. Yeah, yeah, that 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 seems rough. It was uh, it was humid down south. Um, at least it would cool down in the evening, which was nice. But it would be humid during the day. And then in Rome, it was not humid, but it was a little bit warmer, kind of like in the mid nineties. And it it didn't cool down. It would be eleven o'clock at night. It'd still be like eighty nine degrees. Which there there was like this one little window from like four a.m. to six a.m. where it would like drop just below eighty degrees. But (laughs) but but other than that, it was like in the upper eighties and nineties, like the other twenty two hours of the day. (laughs) Yeah, sounds unpleasant. (laughs) Um. So yeah, let's go back to the food. Uh, anything, any notable restaurants or anything that you thought was really cool there? Did you try to go like super authentic with the food? Did you eat, uh, Neapolitan pizza for every meal? Like what was the deal? Yeah, we, we definitely went authentic with the food. Um, taking recommendations from the hotel ended up being just a, an awesome way to go. Cause it's, it's so hard to tell on TripAdvisor sometimes because you you read one good review, then you see a terrible review. Like you just you just never really know exactly what to look for there. So just taking recommendations from people on the ground there was was fantastic. Um, the mozzarella cheese there is ugh, just cannot say enough good things about it. Um, and it's it there's like it's like there's a common dish there which is generally an appetizer, which is literally just uh, prosciutto and mozzarella cheese. Like that's, that's all you get on a plate. Not even on flatbread or anything. Um, I mean, generally you'll get some bread with it, but it's the, but it's just served, you know, on its own on a plate and it, oh my God, I had that (laughs) more times than I could count. And it was just so good. Um, and yeah, I mean, the pizza was excellent. You know, something that they do over there quite a bit is they'll do a white sauce instead of a red sauce. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I've had that a couple times before and liked it because I, I like even like, um, um, like, um, fettuccine sauce or, um, Alfredo sauce rather in fettuccine Alfredo, like that white sauce. Um, so I had a couple of pizzas with that, which was really, really good. Um, what else we (laughs) went to, I'll, I'll share this video with you off, off air, we uh, went to this restaurant that was like way up in the hills one night, um, and driving there is unbelievable. Like driving in Italy is it, it it's difficult to describe in terms of um, beautiful or, or or terror. Terror. Yeah, because um, the roads are are like all like one like a lot of the coastal roads are like one lane and also not super well defined, right? One hundred percent. They're they're basically one way roads that they've turned into two way roads. <laughs> um, either the no lane no lane markings, the signage is really complicated to follow. Everybody drives really really aggressive. Um, scooters are like constantly weaving in and out of traffic. I mean it's it's. It, it, it's difficult to describe. Like you, I, I had heard about it going into it, 
but experiencing it was just something totally different. Um, but yeah, we, we went to this restaurant that was way, way, way up in the hills. It, we, we were like staying kind of like right by the, right by the water when we were down on the coast. And so we went, went to this place that came recommended by a friend, um, kind of up above and they offered a, a free shuttle for people who were staying in town. So we hopped on the shuttle and, oh my God, it was like <laughs> the scariest 20 minute car ride I've ever been on. Um, but you know, the restaurant was beautiful and the, and the food was really good. Um, we went to, a a winery, uh, that was also up in the Hills and it's, it's part of this region where, uh, when Mount Vesuvius erupted, which is the eruption that covered Pompeii, mm-hmm. uh, and we and we we visited Pompeii, which was really cool. Um, but the the volcanic ash and all the soil that came with that um, had a ton of nutrients and minerals that were was particularly good for grapes. So there's this whole region where. You know, the average life of a a grapevine here in the U.S. is something like 40 or 50 years. But in this region, in Italy, the vines last like three, 400 years. And so we went to this winery that was in that region. And so they had these like really, really old vines. Um, And it was like the winemaker is the one who gave us the tour it was his wife who cooked us lunch and then it was his daughter who was doing like the wine tasting. So like that was, that was really cool. Um, and and that was, that was kind of the, the kind of thing we, we tried to to stick to was kind of that, that local authentic stuff. Yeah. What did the dog do? Oh yeah, that's right. I sent you the picture of the dog. So it's actually a cool story. The winemaker, his family was the one who had been running the, uh, winery <clears throat> and he was a veterinarian. So he was hmm. not, he was not really associated with the winery at all, but there was a, a period of time where I don't know if it was a general economic downturn in the country or if just the winery itself was, was having some trouble. Um, but he eventually decided that he didn't want to see the, um, you know, the winery go out of business and he, he had done pretty well for himself um, as a veterinarian. So he, he put a bunch of his own money into the winery to kind of help it keep going and then kind of eventually took over management of it. Uh, and now it's doing really well. Um, and then the dog was actually a rescue dog that had been brought to him in like really bad shape when he was, was still working. And so he, um, kind of helped bring him back to health. And, you know, that happened to be kind of shortly before he took over the winery. And so he brought him along. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And very he was good a, dog, too. Yeah, very, very good dog. Good. How do you say uh, they're all good dogs in Italian? <laughs> no. All right. Any other uh, Europe stuff? Um, yeah, what else? What else? Um, you know, we we cashed in, like, literally every credit card point that we had to fly business class. So that was that was nice. Um, highly, highly recommended on those longer flights. Um, I assume you both took up the champagne option or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I think that about covers it. Well, cool. I hope y'all y'all had a bunch of fun. Probably came back super sunburned. 
We did pretty well there, actually. Yeah, we did, we did pretty well. We're we're pretty good about sunscreen, so. All right, so let's let's get into the big news. Oh yeah, we buried buried the lead, as you would say. Mm-hmm. What happened? We picked up a puppy the the day we got back. So we landed. We had a, so we had a direct flight back. It was about twelve and a half hours. Uh, we landed in Oakland uh, sh- about 7.30 on Saturday night, uh, our time. And then we woke up at 6 a.m. the next morning to drive out to the Reno area to pick up Branson, our, our new puppy. And the, the drive out there was super easy because we you know left so early. But then the drive back ended up being about a six-hour affair. <laughs> Uh, but fortunately he is really, really good in the car. So, um, that was a kind of a good, good first experience. Very good. So how'd you, how'd you, how'd you come in contact with them? How'd you, how'd this whole thing go down? Well, so, I mean, we've, you know, we've been wanting a dog for years, but, you know, had kind of had made the decision that we weren't going to do it while still living in San Francisco. We, we just making that work in an apartment and everything just wasn't something that we really wanted to do. And so when we, you know, when we bought the house earlier this year, we kind of knew that, okay, you know, we're, you know, now we're taking one step closer towards being able to actually get a dog. And so the, <clears throat> the special lady friends or the, the very special lady friends, uh, one of her college housemates is a, she's a breeder and she's a shower of uh, golden retrievers. And, Every every time that she had been having a litter, um, you know, she would message Laura saying, "Hey, you know, are you are you thinking about getting one? Let me know." And so we, you know, got got into the, one of those messages um, a couple of months ago, and it just so happened that the day that they were going to be ready to be picked up was the day of our wedding, and like it just it kind of seemed like it was just sort of meant to be at that point. So we talked about it a little bit and said, yeah, you know, let's, let's go for it. And of course, uh, her friend was more than happy to, you know, keep him for an extra couple of weeks until we got back from the honeymoon. And so that's what she did. And we, you know, picked him up right when we got back. He's a really cute dog. Yeah. So you, you got, you, you know, he's, yeah. So, you know, it, amazingly enough, um, you got to meet two what I would consider pretty great dogs over the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we started with sporty, but um, not to sell Branson short. You, you got to meet him a couple nights ago. And um, I mean, Branson's Branson's got some work for him. He, he, he's got to learn how to, how to carry his own leash. He's, he's, he's got a lot of learning to do, but it's okay. I have to say he, so he doesn't carry his own leash, but so my, you know, we had one, we had one puppy growing up. It was a, a collie. And she was a, an, an awesome dog, incredibly smart, you know, just I loved her dearly. Um, but she, one of the things I remember about her when we first got her was she was just awful on the leash, like wouldn't even like leave the driveway, would just like bite it. Would, I mean, just was awful, awful on the leash. And so with Branson, I was, you know, expecting the same because I just, that was my only point of reference. But he's like a total natural. He's like a he's a complete pro on the leash, which is like amazing to me still. Like we've we've taken him on 
I don't know, four or five walks at this point. And he's just like, he's just, he's the best at it, which is, which makes it really fun. Really good. I appreciate, or I want you to cherish the first couple of months where he doesn't know how big he is and he just goes barreling <laughs> around and just, just, it's just, he, yeah, I think he, he, he simultaneously thinks he's smaller and way bigger than he actually is. And totally. Um, he's, he's so goddamn cute. I know. Oh I know. Right. I know. Um, he's good. And you, you have, you have had the, the hit with the toys. He, oh, good. He absolutely took to the cactus. He, I mean, he obviously doesn't <laughs> quite understand the meaning of it, but you know, it's okay. When he's old enough, we'll talk to him about ride sharing. <laughs> uh, but he instantly liked that. And then in the couple of days since then, he's been absolutely obsessed with the, the French fry toy. Um, and then this morning he kind of started getting into the pizza toy. But I mean, we we bought him all these uh, all these different toys before we got him, and he's he's played with them a little bit. Like we bought him this little rope that he kind of likes, um, but he he's been mostly fixated on the stuff that you got him got him since uh, since you came by. Very good. Um, I also appreciate that his his other thing was he really enjoyed just an empty uh, box of Lacroix or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So we had that, and then very on brand. Um, even just, even just in the car ride home, you know, we had a couple of water bottles with us just, you know, for the drive and he would like be constantly biting like the lids of the water bottles. And so when we got home, we took one of the empty ones and just kind of gave it to him. And he just loves batting that around and chewing on it. Like, I think it, you know, he likes the noise it makes and all that. Um, so yeah, you know, but we bought him all these toys, but his his favorite is the empty plastic water bottle oh such a good boy um and have you i have i think we probably talked about this on the show before but what what was the what's the etymology and the origin of the name uh so the name is from a show called downton abbey which you've you've probably heard of um Oh yeah, upstairs easy. and downstairs houses or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> is that that show? I think it is. Sure. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, I'm not I, that up. I, I mean, I, I guess I've never heard it described that way, but I mean, I, I mean, I instantly knew what you meant when you said it. So. Okay. Good. I guess it works. Uh, but yeah, he the Branson is one of the the characters that we like, um, and it was it was the the very special lady friends idea. She said hey, that'd be a really good dog name, and I said, yeah, it would. And that was like three years ago. Oh, yeah, that's good. Also, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I like that it can be shortened to brand. Oh, that, I mean, that, that's it's always good to have a very uh, to have a, sh- a short one syllable uh, thing that you can yell. Well, then brand ends up having all kinds of possibilities. You've got brand muffin. You've got brand flake. You've got branny. I mean, there's there's, there's all kinds of good variations. <laughs> Many cereal related ones. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, but brand the man's pretty good. Brand the man is pre yep, yep. So he's got he's got his Instagram going. Um, you know, gonna gonna try to post to that fairly regularly. I don't I don't really post much to social media on my own stuff, but um I'm gonna try to, you know try to keep up with uh with his. <sighs> All right. You got anything else? Um, you know, puppies are they're they're a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of attention needed, a lot of uh not sleepless nights, but but you know, there's been a couple of nights with uh less sleep than I would normally get. He's a he's a fairly early riser, we've discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh been a couple of five, five thirty AM mornings so far. Um but I mean, he's as you said, freaking adorable. He 
there's just, there's been so many things about like that car ride home that, you know, you kind of hope for the best, but expect the worst kind of thing. Um, and he just could not have been any better. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the walking thing. He's been so good at that. He's just, he's really easy going. Like he, nothing seems to really rattle him or bother him. Um, he's really nice to everyone he meets. Um, and he actually has, you know, I, I joke a little bit about the sleeping thing, but he's actually been better than some other stories we've heard about new puppies coming home for, for a two month old puppy who has gotten, who's in a brand new place. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so what, what, uh, what constitutes, uh, like, uh, wanting to get up early? Cause if he's in a crate for at least the introduction or the, the early period, does that just mean he just whines or does he cry? Cause he, he doesn't bark yet. Does he? Oh, oh boy. He barks. Um, Aww. yeah, he's got a kind of a, a high, high pitch, high pitch bark. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, he, he definitely, he's definitely got a bark. All right. Well, it'll, it'll work itself out. Because. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, a lot of work, but it, all things considered, we really can't ask for, for much more at this point. Yeah. Uh, I know you want, don't want to encourage it, but you need to get a video of him barking, please. Please. And oh yeah. No, yeah. No, we'll, 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 we'll get that. I have been, I, I, I got some advice from a friend who, um, had gotten the dog about a year ago and her, her recommendation was, take more pictures than you think you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've, I've been taking that advice and I, I kind of had that same advice going back to the, the honeymoon for a minute. Like I, I really, really wanted to take a ton of photos because I used to be good about that. And then I, in the last few years, I feel like I, I've gotten bad about taking pictures. I just don't take as many as I you know want to. And so I've been really, really good both on the trip and now with Branson taking just a ton of photos. And, you know, when you do that, right, like you end up taking a bunch of photos that just don't come out very well or just like aren't that interesting. But you get those couple that you're like, oh, man, like I'm really glad I captured that. And, I, I, and that becomes that's kind of only possible if you're sort of, you know, constantly taking them. Well, for, for moments that you can't ever, there's a, you just can't ever recapture. Just, I mean, spend the extra 10 minutes every couple of weeks in iPhoto and, or whatever, photos.app and just uh, delete the duds, but just uh, the chance to miss out on, you know, a two month yeah. gold, gold retrievers. Can't take that chance. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, well, we're going to try to keep this show tight. So, um, you, so you'll appreciate so far we, have three links in the show notes they are all three instagram links it's sporty it's that east cut instagram that you sent mm-hmm. me and branson's instagram okay yeah hashtag uh is it, there's a lot of underscores in it what, what is it brand underscore the uh underscore so brand underscore the underscore man underscore golden got it if you squish it all together, was it taken if it didn't have the underscores? Um, I don't know if we tried that, but the uh the very special lady friend, she she liked the underscores, so we went with that. It's very legible. Uh yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, once you add him, you know, you don't really think about it again. Yeah. Well, I actually can't I can't even tell you exactly what like Sporty's Instagram handle is. I don't I don't I don't really think about it. Sporty underscore the dog. Oh man, Sporty is on vacation in uh, 
Oh, like Michigan or something. So good. So here's the thing. I really, really like that because he's a city dog, which is which is great. But it's so nice to see him kind of be able to be like just like a like a dog dog. Like yeah. he just gets to just go play fetch and just go. He's so good in the water. Oh, he's oh he's so he's so cool. And when he, and he and he loves the water. And I assume that when he's home, he doesn't really you know have the opportunity to to do much swimming or anything. Well, yeah, because he can't just jump jump into the Chicago River. That seems unsafe. Right. Um, yeah. Although I think so. I, I I told you this story off air, but it's probably worth repeating on air. Um, we had been told by Branson's breeder that he was going to really like water. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so, going to tell that story? Okay. Yeah. So the very <laughs> first night that we had him on Sunday, we had him in the backyard. And I, I wasn't out there at the time, unfortunately. I, I really wish I could have seen it. But the story goes that he was just kind of sniffing around in the, the grass area in the backyard and just all of a sudden out of nowhere just made a beeline for the pool and just like left like didn't fall in but like jumped into the pool <laughs> and so one of our friends who was closest to the pool at the time she she jumped in after him and and grabbed him although it i guess it sounded like he was actually like swimming and probably probably would have been okay but you know obviously not a chance you want to take so mm-hmm. um we we have a we have a fence for the pool and i had meant to put that up you know before we got him but with all the wedding and honeymoon stuff just it just didn't get around to it um and, but needless to say the very next morning that was like the first thing i did <laughs> and that'll that'll be staying up for a while well, at least you know he's adventurous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else is there? Yeah, kind of a, a a very very unique three weeks. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, oh yeah. So like, uh, I'll I'll go back to my trip real quick. So Chicago was very very nice. Um. Uh. So yeah, sporty was was the highlight of the trip. But um, also, uh, have you seen? the the chicago uh michigan avenue apple store uh, was that that was the one that had the the snow issue right it's on the, the roof it's, it's the one that had the weird johnny ive design ceiling and uh apparently was not uh thought of with snow in mind or something well but the, but it but it ended, it ended up being that that was a little bit of fake news right where the, the, I, the, like the, that might have been some apple spin apparently the thing is like oh yeah they have a heating system that wasn't working or something 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 that they actually considered it yeah, which that, I mean that that seems totally like probably what it was, but I think people kind of jumped at like, oh, they designed this roof not considering the snow. Maybe I don't know, but uh, but it it's a, it's a beautiful Apple Store. Um, it's right on Chicago River, uh, next to the uh, Tribune Building or or the Trunk Building. Um, but yeah, so that was that was cool. Apparently, that concept is getting um, that was like the next generation thing after the uh, San Francisco union street or union square uh town square design because mm. yeah because city government can't do that anymore the only town stores are private corporations right so that was cool um Shiro deep dish is 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 very good although i will say i uh, having tried um three different kinds over there uh california deep dish is uh or what we ha- have in the bay area is actually not that far off so people aren't aren't missing too much hmm yeah, I do. I do enjoy myself some some pachis. Hmm. So the one the the pachis that we have close or in in our neighborhood 
Eh, not the best one. The Hayes Valley mm. one is pretty okay, but the but the Greenberry one it leaves a lot to be desired. Hmm. Uh, I haven't, the, haven't been to that one yet. That's that's disappointing to hear. Yeah. So the Matt Cain is probably Pot, uh, Pachi's best pizza. Um, mm. But yeah, but if if you can, uh, there's one in El Cerrito, and there's the one in the Mission. Um, Little Star has probably the best uh, deep dish in the Bay Area. Yeah, I you know I I got a little soured on Little Star just because at least the one on Divisadero, it just mm-hmm. you know you get there and it's like it's gonna be a ninety minute wait and you gotta stand around and I just that's not really I don't I don't really like that. So the the nice thing with Pachi's is usually you just kind of walk in and you know order your pizza. Yeah, if you can make it to the East Bay one, it's usually a lot more um, a lot easier. Sure. Um, what else? Uh, Wrigley Field, Chicago Cubs, very very cool. Yeah, um, that, that's awesome. So I learned um, that when, uh, no offense to the Giants, uh, but right now they're kind of on my bad list for their fight with the Dodgers. So mm, yeah, yeah, because they're both at fault, but also that that kind of shit that, that yeah, it's gonna yeah. happen. Also, the Dodgers are are frustrating right now because they have too many likable players on their team. So, yeah. hmm. And there, there's a lot of person like because Yasiel Puig is, is, is just garbage, but there's a whole bunch of other people who are fun, uh, fun people on that team. So yeah, and, and we're we're kind of missing that. Well, and like and like Kershaw is like legitimately just like a really really nice human being. Exactly, mm. which is which is frustrating. Yeah. Um, and also the Giants, we have the guy who punched a wall and is still apparently getting paid. Ugh. So we we don't need that. Yeah. And then we have we, Pablo Sandoval is pitching <laughs> random <laughs> innings now. So it's just. Well, he's he's out for the season now, right? Yeah, and it's so so is almost everybody. So it, our, our it's okay. Yeah, the whole even number thing that's that's no longer a thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, we we can't call twenty sixteen a fluke anymore. It's just it, this is who we are now. Mm-hmm. So on that note, the one the reason I bring that up is that um, with the Giants, I have found that you can do the StubHub trick, which is if you just wait until like an hour before game time. Uh, because uh, nobody really wants to see a team that loses a whole ton. Uh, you can find super, super cheap tickets uh, very close to game time. Uh, apparently, when you win the World Series for the first time in like 105 years, that is not the case. <laughs> Did not think that one through. So yeah, so even even the cheapest seats were like 40 bucks. Yeah, at yeah. Wrigley, right. Which is fine. Uh, the nice thing is that even for a day game, because I went on the day before I flew back. Um, uh, there's a ton of covered seating, which is nice. So you don't get the kind of uh, AT&T Park sunburn if you if you ditch work and try to go to a day game. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, good fan base. Everybody seems to like it. Um, yeah, their, their their whole fly the W thing doesn't really do it for me, but whatever. <laughs> it's also nice to know that basically um, you, you like to think the uh, let's go Giants or any of that type of chant is unique, but it's not. Oh no! Like you can go to any sports team and hear the same thing, and you're like, "Oh, they're they're saying the last word wrong. What are they? What are they doing?" I've I've so I, I haven't really been to a ton of different um, baseball stadiums, but I have been to a handful of basketball arenas for NBA games, and I've noticed that exact same thing. It's like, oh yeah, that's the same. That's the same sound they play, <laughs> or like you know, it's like yeah, you're you're, you're pronouncing Lakers wrong. <laughs> right. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Um. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a block away from Wrigley Field, there was a place that was serving $4 uh, fireball shots. So I thought, oh, thought of, I thought nice. I was sending that to you, but um, yeah, no. Oh, that's, um, so that's another funny part when you're abroad is when you look at um, like 
so what I'm most familiar with, right, are whiskeys. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be there looking at a whiskey list, and there'll be some some uh, European brands that I don't see very much or which are kind of expensive here at home, which are super cheap there. Oh, it flips. And then, yeah. So then you look at like the more expensive stuff, you'll see like Jack Daniels, which is, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually a, a pretty big fan of Jack Daniels. No, no. So I, I mean, no offense when I say this, but you know, usually it, here it's at not home, a top, it's not a top shelf liquor. N- not at all. Um, so at home it's yeah fairly cheap, but you go there and it's like, nine euro for a pour of it <laughs> it's just like you know like 11 bucks for a tiny bit of it which mm-hmm. base which buys you like you know a bottle of it over here <laughs> so that was yeah it's kind of funny yeah uh oh chicago transit uh takes apple pay so that's big old thumbs up to that uh that that, that was that was amazing because uh, the worst thing is like, because because I to maximize my time over there, to probably did the ill guided decision of taking a red eye flight. Um, and so left at like eleven fifty uh, on a Saturday night our time, and got there at six a.m. local time, which worked. And I got I was able to take a nap at the hotel and got an early check in. But that was not eh, probably not wise because it's it, you you can't. It's very tough to sleep in coach. It is, yes. and uh, and by tough I mean did not happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm. Even with like the the you know the lay flat seats and stuff, I'm I'm still not very good about sleeping on planes. I need to be like in a bed. And because I have the worst laptop ever manufactured, um, I feel I would feel so guilty not just for the light pollution of like working on your laptop, uh, the world's loudest keyboard. Um, <laughs> I I would have felt guilty getting any work done. Um, so that so it was basically just uh, four and a half hours of boredom. You didn't you didn't watch a movie or anything. Uh, no. And, and on the flight, actually on the flight in, it was not a, one of, uh, American Airlines newer planes uh, on the flight back home. It was, um, but unfortunately it was like the most turbulent flight I've ever been on, which was unpleasant. Oh. That's okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, American Airlines screwed me and get, got me a middle seat and I was very, very un, un, <laughs> un, unhappy, but it's okay. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, the CTA takes Apple pay. That was very, very cool. You don't need to get any separate card. Just, just NFC from your watch is neat. And they just, uh, kind of, um, tally up all the stuff that you took in that day and just, uh, does a single charge for it. That's neat. Uh, the transit goes pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly it. Food is good. Weather was unpleasant, but, uh, fun trip overall. Yeah, Chicago is definitely up near the top of my list of places that I have not been here in the U.S. I would definitely like to make my way out there. And I I love the idea of seeing old baseball stadiums. That's also something I really want to do. Like, I would really love to go to Fenway, uh, Wrigley, of course. Um, Yankee, Yankee Stadium now is new, so that, that doesn't have quite the same cachet that it used to. <laughs> Yeah, but City Field is pretty old, isn't it? Eh, but then it's the Mets. But yeah, I mean, yeah, ish. Yeah, the one thing about the 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 Cubs game, one they're playing the uh, the Diamondbacks, so a little bit of a snooze. Uh, it was fun to see um, uh, a replay challenge and and watch the team uh, not get the call. That's always fun to just see like forty thousand people get really mad. <laughs> um, but also, oh my God, there was there was this a Canadian family right behind me that was visiting and they were all having really fun, but they had a a five-year-old, like a five or six-year-old daughter who was very, very excitable. And anytime anything exciting in that game would happen, 
would scream the the way only a five year old girl can. Uh, so that 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 hurt my hearing. <laughs> it's okay, but you'll you'll get to experience that in seven years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, any new uh, travel tech, or you've pretty much? Oh wait, no. Oh, so wait, you did not take your away suitcase for this, right? I didn't. I I have a a bigger uh, suitcase that I use for these longer trips. Um, yeah, the the away suitcase would have been been too small for this one. Yeah. Oh, what airlines did you end up using? So we flew United on the way out there, and then we flew Norwegian on the way back. Ooh la la. Yeah, uh, Norwegians kind of they're neat because they they have a pretty smart strategy where they fly out of Oakland instead of San Francisco. Um, although it's pretty funny because when you book with them, they label it as Oakland-San Francisco. <laughs> Which, you know, for, for those of us who live here and are familiar with the airports, we we know what they're doing, which is they're kind of, you know... It's 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 like this the 49ers now. They're they're still in air quotes the San Francisco 49ers even though they're like 60 miles south of the city in Santa Clara. Well yeah, um, the the we're going to have the Golden State Warriors of Oakland of San Francisco. Exactly, right. They got fallen um, angels on us. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of funny that they that they kind of just label it as like Oakland slash San Francisco. Um, eh, for for that, I get it if it's going to be an international thing because if you're not from, I mean, I assume in America in in the United States everybody knows where Oakland is, but I assume outside of the country people don't. Well, and, and the reason the, the the main reason I give them a pass is because I, I think actually Oakland the airport's about equidistant from San Francisco as SFO is. It's pretty yeah. close. It's pretty close. So it's yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Norwegians neat because they kind of have a smart strategy where they fly out of Oakland instead of SFO, which I think allows them to pass along some cost savings. Um, and then they, they have this strategy where they sort of, they have nonstop routes to Europe that no other airlines offer. So there's no U S carrier that does direct to or from the Bay area to Rome, uh, but they do. So that direct flight that we had back was only possible with them. Um, and then they also, for their international flights, only use the the new 787 uh, Dreamliner, which is Boeing's Ooh. newest long-haul mm-hmm. plane. And yeah, it's very nice. Very, very nice. Um, the windows have no shades. They just dynamically dim themselves. Um, and what's crazy is... You know, the, the way that the flight worked coming back was we left about 4 p.m. local time in Rome on Saturday and then landed about 7.30 p.m. local time um, here. So we were basically like ahead of the sun the entire flight. So we were like in the middle of the day, the whole flight. But because of the way the windows work, they were able to make the plane make it look like it was nighttime for most of the flight. Which was kind of crazy, um, so yeah, they're 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 pretty nice, good good service, nice planes, and you know having that direct flight on the way home especially is is kind of key. You don't want some big layover on your way home. Yeah, after the twelfth day, where you fairly like traveled out or kind of uh, needed a vacation from the vacation, or you were still pretty. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, we obviously we were really excited about picking up Branson, so that was like that <laughs> that was a big thing. Um, I mean, we were tired just from you know being constantly on the move, um, but we actually did a pretty good job of adjusting to the time difference and everything. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's always it's always good to be home for sure. All right. Well, I think that rounds out uh, this year's only happy episode. Yeah. No, I think uh, that this year's only happy non T word episode. Um, Maybe like a quick chef's corner. I don't know if yeah, you yeah. have one. I've, I've, got, I've got one. I do. You go first. Um, so this is kind of an ultra specific one, and it kind of allows me to do a quick little Terry the Tesla check-in. Um, there's, a, there's, a broader, there's a broader check-in I think I want to do maybe next week or within the next couple of weeks. But one little feature that I just was incredibly impressed by this last weekend that I kind of wanted to call out. So we were driving back from Reno. And, um, you know, we had timed it where we, we stopped at a supercharger on the way out there. And then I, I kind of did some math to figure out, okay, here's how long we need to stay here in order to get to this other supercharger on the way back. And so as we were leaving Reno, like, you know, you can look at the, the miles to the supercharger and then the miles that are, you know, obviously left, um, on the battery and the supercharger, like the, the navigation system was saying that we were going to have like 26% battery when we got to the supercharger, but doing the math with just the, the miles to the supercharger versus the mile of miles of range that we had left, it, it was going to be something like 8%. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, is, 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 is the math, is that 26% that it's saying we're going to have when we get to the supercharger? Is that just totally wrong? But I had this kind of like uh, realization a couple of minutes later, when you are going on your way back from Reno, you come down the mountain because Reno's, the elevation is pretty high. So we uh, had about 7,000 feet of descent on the way back. And that's what the navigation system was taking into account. So the, the entire way down because of the regenerative braking, we were actually gaining range on the way down. And sure enough, by the time we got to the supercharger, we had basically exactly 26% left. So the fact that the navigation system in the Tesla factors in either the net you know, benefit of downhill or net loss going uphill is pretty damn smart. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I assume that's one of the things where they, um, it's not all hypothetical, and that's where um, Tesla's um, questionable uh, data aggregation policies actually end up benefiting the user in this one case. Yeah, I Because the car is so. constantly using the LTE connection to phone home, uh, all types of data about the driving habits. And it the is. And stuff. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I was... Because I I went from being like really frustrated, thinking like the navigation was just totally miscalculating how much energy we were going to have left, which is obviously kind of a big problem, um, to being just incredibly impressed by the level of of detail that goes into that calculation. Like they they know that the whole range anxiety thing is like a thing, and they do basically everything they can to alleviate that. And at least here in California. Um, the supercharger superchargers are everywhere. Like they, they really are all over the place. Um, it's probably not the case everywhere, but, um, at least around here we're, we're pretty, 
it's pretty easy to get around. Hmm. Uh, one quick question about <clears throat> about the Tesla that I wanted to know: How much does um, driving range get affected by like aggressiveness? Is probably the wrong word, but of, like of the variation of how you drive. Do you have yeah, to be really? It, it, have it, you, it, what, what is what's what's your read on that? It it it, it impacts it a lot. If you I mean, if you're driving with a heavy foot, you're gonna cut cut your range down by quite a bit. It's I mean, it's the same as a you know gas powered car. Sure. Okay. Cool. All right, and then there was a secondary shout out or a, a tertiary uh, chef's corner related to your baby gate. <laughs> yeah the the wire cutter has an entire section on pets. And they have a recommendation for a uh, baby gate, which we we took them up on. It's a little bit more expensive than most of the other options, but the wire cutter in their recommendation acknowledges that and explains why this particular one's worth the extra cost. I ended up agreeing with most of what they said. Um, like one of the big things is lots of those gates are like spring loaded, where they basically just kind of use pressure to keep themselves up. Um, which can be pretty easily knocked over, especially by a dog. And so the ones that we have actually screw into the wall. And so they're, they're quite a bit more sturdy. Um, and yeah, so, so far they, they've been pretty good. And yeah, I kind of had that moment where I was like, I'm going to end up making a baby gate, my <laughs> chef's corner. Mm -hmm. That's what it's come to. Yeah. It's your life now. It's mm -hmm. pretty good. Yep. Okay. And then my chef's uh, recommendation is going to be, uh, in case people need it, well, actually, two things real quick. So it's gonna be, mine's going to be a TV show recommendation. But since this is our happy episode, I know we're running long, but uh, Better Call Saul is back. Mm, so yes. for people who remember uh, previous years of this show, uh, we generally do a weekly discussion about that so people should get caught up. I have only watched, uh, I did not watch this week's episode, so I'm behind. So I, I, am, I am too. <laughs> Uh, so people should go watch that. Make sure you're caught up by next week. We will probably end up talking about the first three episodes of the season uh, on that show. But uh, my recommendation is going to be uh, the HBO series that just wrapped up its first season called Succession. Uh, everybody's been raving about this. So this this is something that probably this is probably where you heard it. So I, I saw it previewed because you know how on, on HBO Go or on HBO Now this is one thing that still kind of bugs me is that they still. Like, do I know they're skippable, but there are like previews about other stuff related to HBO in front of any newish release. So it was previewed on that. I'm like, okay, this looks like something that's kind of up my alley. So I watched the first episode. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. Uh, episodes two and three are not very good. And I almost gave up on it, but it gets really, really, really good every episode beyond that. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. And I've heard that the finale is really good. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's really good. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's an incredibly, like, story and dialogue-based show, which I which I like. There's not too much, like, action. Like, it's it's just, it's, yeah, it's it's a good show. It's like a good version of Billions. Um, and I saw that your, your, your boy, uh, uh, Bill Simmons, and The Ringer seem to be all over the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just a, a quick uh, teaser. Pe like people will fall in love with cousin Greg. People should be be on that. But yeah, it's worth your time. And uh, I'm usually a monogamous uh, TV show person, and that was my TV show of the summer. And now it's better call Saul. So people should people should go check that out. 
which in Europe, I mentioned to you this off air, uh, Better Call Saul, a Netflix original in Europe. Yeah, like I know like Jane the Virgin and a whole bunch of like, I know like Jason always talks about it, like a lot of the CW shows and a few of the AMC shows. Yeah, they're just, um, but the one thing that you brought up was that they don't have like branding. Like you would just, you would not know that AMC or a different network was involved. No, but the, but at the same time, you know, like Netflix original programming here anyway, in the US, they have the kind of like you know, white background, red Netflix logo with the boom mm-hmm. sound like mm-hmm. at the beginning. There wasn't any of that. It was just like the regular intro would play and then there would be this kind of kind of cheesy looking, just kind of rudimentary screen that would come on after that just said Netflix original series just in a flat font. Hmm. Which was kind of Wait. kind of interesting. So if you access Netflix from a different country you get a different netflix I, apparently uh actually well here actually here this this is this is we're not you can't make this stuff up this is real time so i'm going to netflix.com because um, i know i know there are different netflixes in in the sense that you get different um content but i just assume that was related to like your billing and like where your credit card is i wouldn't think that just because you're out of the country you get access to a sorry this could be very u.s centric but a lesser netflix so no that this is this is exactly um this is exactly it. So in the U.S., when you access Better Call Saul, you only have access to the first three seasons. But in Europe, I was able to download episode one of season four so that I could watch it on the plane ride home. Hmm. And you know, like, you know how when Netflix has shows where they have the agreement where they can release new episodes every week? There, there are some of those shows here in the U.S. that are like that. So it'll say like, you know, new episodes, like they'll have that little banner. It had that in Europe, but it does not have it here in the U.S. Hmm. And there, and in fact, on the, um, the logo for the show on Netflix.com here, it has the AMC logo as well, which it obviously did not have in Europe. So yeah, apparently it's location-based with Netflix. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back.